127. Uh, so many of these go by, and I just forget what number we're on, but 127. Uh, keep them on rolling and you know, just continue to try to get more guests to finish out the year, and then we'll figure out what we'll do for next year. But um, yeah, guys, I appreciate you all b- being with me here. Got another fantastic guest. Um, and let's, uh, let's get her on the show. All right, guys. Thanks again. <clears throat> okay, guys, back again. Um, so as I was saying to our next guest off air, you know, one of my biggest things that I love with, with, with humans, especially, is how m- when someone has something taken away from them and, and they find a way to turn it into a positive and, and, you know, even though it's sad and they mourn whatever they lost, in this case, this person's lost a few things, um, you know, they find a way to, again, turn it into a positive and, and just make it something that works for them. And, and uh, they still, no matter how many people can look at it from the outside, they still see it, you know, they try again, turn it into a positive and something good in their life, even if it's sad to everyone else on the outside. Uh, and again, I found this person on Pod Matches. I usually find a lot of the guests, uh, and I read her story. We matched, and I was like, "Okay, gotta have her on." Um, so, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little about yourself? Sure. Hi, everybody. My name is Wendy Wallace, and I am a Christian wife and mom. Um, we're going to be celebrating our thirty-second wedding anniversary tomorrow. Actually, um, we've got. Three kids, we're empty nesters, and one grandbaby. And I am working from home. I run a website and a coaching business where I help women rediscover God's joy and peace amid the trials of their lives. And, you know, having lived through, and I know we'll get into this in a minute, but uh, having lived through um, illness and amputations and come out on the other side, I am a huge proponent of joy and positivity. And so I just am on a mission to help those folks who get stuck in their pity party and need a way to get out. Yeah, absolutely. And congratulations, by the way, on your uh, anniversary. Because uh, 36 years is a lot, long time. A lot of people don't make it 36 years. A lot of people get married for the dumbest reasons, and, you know, they don't stick together, not for 36 years. Actually, 32, but oh, close 32, enough. sorry. <laughs> 32. Uh, 30-something is any way you look at it. <laughs> yeah. Hell, 10. I mean, you know, you made it three decades. That's pretty good. Uh, so uh, when was the amputation, like as far as how old were you? Well, it was uh, back in 2011, so 11 years ago. 11. I was, where was I? Mid-40s. Okay. And, you know, what happened was I was 
you know, our kids were all teenagers at the time. I was running around. One of them had one of their activities in the evening, and I started to feel like I was getting a flu bug or something. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't think much of it, but I came home. My husband said, go to bed. I've got this. And a couple days later, you know, where you would think that things would start improving, it wasn't. It was just going south. And so I had an unusual swelling on my leg. And what we later determined was an ingrown hair had been the entry point, I guess, for flesh-eating bacteria. Hmm. And so we decided it was time to go to the hospital because something was wrong. It wasn't the flu. And got there. And the last thing I remember that was putting an oxygen mask on my face. And that was it. I was out and ended up being in a medically induced coma for three weeks. Wow. Uh, three months, actually two months in the hospital, a month in rehab. And when I came home, I had to start all over again as a quadruple amputee because as the flesh-eating bacteria invaded my body, it took more and more away from me. And at one point, it started to, um, the blood flow to my limbs stopped working in the right way because it needed to work on just keeping me alive. Was it kind of like like your circulation gets cut off? Yeah, exactly. And so what happened was at some point, and, you know, there's a lot of fuzziness about that time period. Um, obviously, three months in a coma, you don't really know what's happening. I thought it was having a nice nap, but right. <laughs> they did turn the medicine down enough to wake me up to tell me that they were going to need to amputate. Now, prior to this, the doctors had told my family you know, she's got like a 1% chance of survival. You might as well say your goodbye. She's not going to be here much longer. Mm-hmm. And have, our family has a very strong faith, a belief in God. And my husband took one look at that doctor and said, you know what? You don't know my God and you don't know what he is capable of. I don't believe you. She's not going anywhere. Just get back to work and fix her. And me and my family and our church, we will just pray about this. And so that's what they did. Um, we rallied the troops. Everybody was praying. Um, and then I started to get better. But there was a point where the, you know, like I said, the blood flow stopped hitting me on my arms or my hands and feet. So they woke me up for two reasons. Number one, just to let me know and notify me because they didn't want me totally in the dark not knowing what was going on behind the scenes. But also, and I find this interesting, they felt the need to ask my permission. And on one hand, that's a cool thing. But the other hand, I had no idea what was happening. Yeah. I didn't know I had eating bacteria. I didn't know my hands and feet were dead. But what if, but you, when said, I woke, what if you said no? Does, they were just going to let you be infected? No, I had a choice. I could live with amputations or say my goodbye. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Gotcha. Wow. That's a, that's a really yeah. tough decision. Jesus. I know, especially because, you know, I had no clue what was happening to me. Right. Right. So, but the doctor was there, my husband was there and 
he was just, he was miserable. You could tell. They, you know, don't say goodbye. And so I basically said, you know, do what you have to do. I wasn't ready to go. My kids still needed their mom. The, my husband still needed his wife. And I was like, okay, just do what you have to do. Yeah. Lights went back out, back up again. I had bandages where my hands and feet had been. Hmm. When, when, when you finally came to, how long after did, did they actually say, hey, you were gone for three months? Because to you, it, it's basically time travel. Like, you know, I don't know if you were just in like a dream state or what, but, you know, how how long after did you actually, you know, was told, well, that, hey, three months went by? Once, well, the coma was only three weeks, but even so, um, the, it's weird because I went in the hospital on April 3rd. And so it was the end of April. When I came out of the coma, there was snow on their ground. When I went in, there was no snow when I woke up and it was very bizarre. Oh, wow. But you know, illness happens and, you know, you never know what is going to happen to us on any given day. So it was a little time travel weird-ish. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I talk about that because just even going under for surgeries and stuff on my eyes and, and um, one something I didn't tell you, but like when I was a kid, I also, this, the same condition that caused my problem also caused all my skin to burn off. And so I was in excruciating pain, but I had a lot of skin grafts and I was, I was constantly under the needle on for something. And, uh, it, it, it's just, it's really trippy. You know, when you're a kid, you kind of, you get the mask and all, and you, you kind of laugh and whatever, but the older you get, they just kind of put something in your IV and you're out. And then you wake up and you right. feel like 10 minutes went by, but you've been out for an hour. Or, or more, and it's like, oh, okay. And you just it, it just feels like you just, you know, we're asleep for a minute or so, and uh, it, it's very trippy. Uh, but one thing I did want yeah. to say to, to something you said earlier is, it's, <clears throat> you know, regardless if someone believes in God or not, there's a lot of people that screw up the, the whole belief, and there's a lot of, like, religious nuts and all that. But kind of like what you went through with your family and, and, and in your church, like, I think that's like the true meaning of all of it, uh, of regardless of you believe or not, but just a, a, a group of people who just believe and, and are supporting you and thinking about you and and they care genuinely, like just like your husband. You've been together for 32 years and, and you know, a lot of people would have ran in his shoes once he found out your two options and the fact that he believed in God and he believed in you and uh, you know, like that's kind of like the, the positive spin of all of it. Cause there's a lot of people that screw a lot of the religious stuff up. But in this case, you got the, you know, you guys really believe, but you use it to your benefit of, you know, it helps you to live better lives and, and help, you know, help you to be a stronger person because, you know, when you wake up and you say, Hey, you don't have limbs anymore, or, you know, don't have hands and feet. Um, that's a realization. It's gotta be very hard to swallow, and, you know, I'm sure you went through certain negative thoughts and whatever, but look where you are today. And, you know, I know that's a huge part of because of the support system you have behind you, but also what you believe in. And, you know, you use it to for a good cause and for a good reason. And it's, it, it, you know, that's kind of the beautiful part of it. Yeah, you know, I, I know people that go through, <clears throat> excuse me, situations where they don't have a faith in anything, any higher, any God, any higher being. And then 
there's situations like what we've gone through. And I'll tell you what, I know where I got my strength. I know where it came from. I knew that my very first memory of waking up was praying. And I just, I spoke to God and I said, I know I can't do this without you. I need you. And I know you'll be there with me. So please just help me and my family and, and get us through this because how do you go on from here? How do you, how do you start over? You know, two seconds before I went to sleep, I was driving my kids all over creation. And now here I am and I don't have my hands and my feet. And I just don't know how to do that. So he has guided me every step of the way. And I am very thankful for that. And, you know, I really am thankful for all of it. I'm actually, I know it sounds kind of kooky, but I'm thankful it happened because it's given me a message. It's given me a purpose. And I know that I've just given God all the glory through the whole thing. And it's become my ability to share him with others. Right. Now, what do you, what do you say to And you're like the perfect person to ask this, but what do you say to the people that whether they used to believe or never believed, but have gone through so much, even worse than you and I, or just, just going through just a shit storm and they're just constantly getting kicked down over and over and over. And they're basically in the mindset. And I've been here at, at one point where it's like, well, God just doesn't like me or God doesn't care about me because why would you put me through this? Was there a question? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, say I'm just saying, like, what would you say to a person like that? Like, or, or, or you know, because I think it's very easy to get to that mindset. Again, I've been there. I've thought of just, you know, I'm like, why, why, why am I suffering every day? Like, what, what is the point of this? Um, and there's a lot of people right. that have just, they were in that headspace. Like, I don't know, what, what do you think of or what would you say to someone like that who, who's going through something on the level of you and I? Well, okay, so here's what I believe. I believe that we can't see from our perspective what is going on in the bigger world. It's like God is looking at our life, our future, our everything from a whole different perspective than when we will ever have a clue about. And so, and I also believe that bad things don't happen to us because, and I'm not saying this isn't always the case, but in many cases, it doesn't happen to us because of something we did, some sin we committed, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is. You rob a bank, you go to jail. That's just, that's how it goes. But why would something like this happen to me or you, right? Mm-hmm. In my life, I have seen that the re- you know, we react or respond, right? We either react with a, you know, a whole tangent on, oh, woe is me, my life sucks and now we're going to die. Or we can do something good with it, right? right? React or respond. So... Like I said, people, my job is to be a witness for Jesus. So people look at me and they want me to screw up. 
they want me to make mistakes because I'm a Christ follower and oh goodness, she's going to make all kinds of stupid mistakes now because, you know, she loves Jesus. Well, but if I do the best that I can with what I'm given, then I can influence other people in that, in my faith. So I use the word faith, but, you know, faith doesn't make things easy. It just makes them possible. And I I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, no, you are. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a lot of people, whether you believe or not, I think you should try to believe in something. It doesn't have to be a God, but just something just to help you make your life better. But, you know, regardless if you agree with her opinion, it, 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 however she got to how she got to, she got there and she's doing something good with it. There's a lot of people. And again, like I was saying earlier, like with your faith and, and all the people that supported you, there's a lot of people that would screw that up. And because as humans, and as we were talking about off mic, humans screw up everything. One way or another, like there's a reason why the Amazon forest is on fire. That's not the animal's fault. You know, so we find ways to ruin everything, no matter how good and no matter how pure it is. I remember being talking to my therapist and she was a very naive person. It was one of the reasons why I had to get rid of her, because though she was a very sweet person, she didn't really know how to combat my mental health. Because, you know, one of the things I was sad about was being lonely. And I told her about how. You know, I you know I go on dating sites and all that, and she's like, "Well, can you just go to a dating site where there's nice people?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm sure there was one at one point, but they all got screwed over when guys just started showing their penises and you know and all that. Like, it, it, not everything starts off good. There's always a good cause. All these uh, special interest groups, you know, PETA and all that, they all start off good, and then money gets involved and it gets screwed up. But how you got to where you got to with your faith, like." It, it is a real, like you're using it for good reasons. You're, you're choosing to, you know, live a good life regardless of how rough it can be. No matter how many struggles you go through, you're still finding a way to come on the other side of it and not be negative and not be depressing. And, um, and again, there's a lot That's of people that, thing. yeah. So like, again, just because you may not have the same views as her doesn't mean like if, if, if you do something else and you come on the other side and it's a complete opposite of her, but you use it for good reasons, then there's no one that can question that you can, you can agree who, I mean, you can debate it of whose God is better and who's real and who's not. That's fine. But th- those conversations are never going to end well. But if you just want to see how someone uses their tool to get them through life and help benefit and, and, and put some decent energy into the world, then I don't know how you can refute that. Right. <clears throat> right. And it's all what you do with what you make of what you've been given. Right, yeah, and that's, again, what I said in the intro is just someone who has something taken from them, and you, you choose, once you once you are able to just, and again, you were also deep into your adulthood. Uh, I was a child, so I, you know, I didn't really have a choice, but, you know, you, you chose to, you know, again, your family stood be- behind you in your church, and you had such a, a good support system, and that helps, because if you do it alone, it's so much worse and so much scarier, Um so, like, before before all this happened, were like, where were you? Like, did you take your limbs for granted? Like, what what, what kind of person were you? Because obviously, some change had to happen. Uh, what were you like, kind of before all that? Um, I think we all take so much for granted, you know, because we always assume we're always going to have what we have, whether it's limbs or our family or our house or money yeah. in the bank. You know, we assume that it's gonna, it's there. Um, 
I have always been a person of compassion and service and, you know, kindness and gratitude and stuff like that. But when you lose, when you lose your leg, prosthetic legs, you slap them on there and you get up and you run through the life like nothing ever happens. But when you lose your hands, it's very different because hands just do everything. And I've had to get used to learning new ways of doing things. I've had to learn how to go without. You know, I used to love cooking. It was one of my love languages for my family. And I love cooking and baking and all of these things. And I can't do that anymore. I don't have the the working limbs to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but there's other things like, I mean, I'm a writer. I'm a blogger. So I have created tools that enable me to type on the, on my phone or the computer and, you know, dial the phone and turn pages on, on the books or the TV or whatever. So you create tools that you can use for things that are important. Um, and it's just a matter of trial and error, what works, what doesn't. And, so, kind of a long-winded answer no, no. to your question. It's good because yeah, you I, know, yeah, I like to get into the mindset of, of someone who goes through something like that because I can relate in a lot of ways with my eyes. There's a lot of tools, a lot of like my, my Mac. I zoom in a lot, and you know, just how I do a lot of things has to do with just bigger print and, and things. But it is the harder way of doing it. You know, I have a lot of friends who use the the voiceover so they because they can't see at all. I can see some. Um, and, you know, it, it, people don't really realize I've had girls or, or friends or somebody come over and watch me play on my computer. And they're like, how do you do that? And it's like, look, I don't even notice it because this is just my life. I can't. This is just so I can kind of catch up with everyone else. You know, this, this is I get it acclimated to my world and everything is that's just normal to me. I don't I don't really I don't really because I haven't seen since I was four and I'm 33. So 20, you know, 20, whatever, 29 years went by. And I don't remember what it's like to see, like, perfectly. Um, I've always struggled with my vision, but I find ways to cope and, 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 and make my life work for me. So, uh, no, I can relate a lot. And, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of people who, again, going through certain conditions and who have lost, let's say, a body part, in your case, parts, um, could relate because there's a lot of amazing technology and tools out there for, for people like you and I and, and the deaf community and so on to just, you know, work through our lives and, and make it just more uh, relaxing and, and just comfortable. It, it's amazing what has actually come out. Um, you know, I, I, I deal with a lot of Apple products and, you know, I don't agree with a lot of their decisions they make where they basically enslave Chinese children and make them make our phones. But what they've done for people like you, people like me, the deaf community and others is amazing because it makes my life so much easier that I can just triple tap on my phone and zoom in and see a text message. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, maybe long winded, but I'm a long winded person myself, so I can relate to you. So am I. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's also a good perspective to see from someone who was living a good life, but you know, you just don't realize when something is gone. Like I, I thought it was very adequately 
put when you just say, because we don't, I'm looking at my cat. He's a beautiful boy. He's just laying here next to me. And it's like, someday he's going to be gone. I'm just going to have to deal with that. Um, not to be, right. not to be morbid, but that's, that's the truth. Like all the, the microphone I'm talking from someday, that won't be in my face. Like you just got to appreciate, like I might lose the rest of my vision someday. So I got to appreciate all the things that I can see in front of me right now, including my cat. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes we forget, like we think about what expires, whether it's food or humans or, or like, you know, whatever. But in our case, anything can expire, including our body parts. And, you know, even just being young, you know, I think a lot of when you're young, you really take stuff for granted. You do a lot of stupid things and not realizing like, you know, if you, you drive this motorcycle backwards or whatever, you're probably going to paralyze yourself if you land wrong. But you don't think about that because you're all about trying to impress the opposite sex or you're trying to, you know, just have fun and, and just be silly. But you don't think about the things that you could lose from it until it's gone. And now you have to sit there and, and you know, moan and bitch about it. And it's like, it's too late. Um, but again, back to like what we were saying, like relating to you is when you lose something, there's a lot of beautiful things that can come from it. It takes a while because you have to really get used to your new body and you have to get used to a different mindset and just a whole new life. But once you get past the, 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 the word is escaping me, but a mourning when you're like, after you mourn what you lost and you can kind of, you know, cause let's say someone dies in your family, somebody really important to you. Of course, you're never going to forget them. But after so much, it's just like, they're there. They're still with you. You still think about them. You still love them. But at some point you have to just move on. You can't cry every day for, for 30 years. You have to eventually get up and do something about it. And um, it's the same thing with a body party. You have to, it sucks, but you got to just move on. You got to figure out how to do it without it. Nope, I agree. <clears throat> so how long did it kind of take you to really get adjusted and, and actually kind of want to actually still pursue things in your life? Because I'm sure it put a lot of things on hold for you. It, I did. And prior to this, I had a business that I had, it was like 10 or 11 years that I had been running it. And afterward, I just didn't have the same passion for it. Um, thankfully, it was something that I could, you know, build and it runs now without me. But it, I just lost my desire to continue to grow it and it took me a long time I'll be honest it took about seven years for me to figure out what where it was going to go from here because I just I knew there was a plan I, I just didn't know what it was and I found myself in a pity party mm-hmm. just out of boredom and just lack of creative ideas of what I could make out of my situation. And so one day my daughter, and she was about 21 at the time, she says, Mom, let's go tubing. Let's just go hop in the inner tube and go floating down the river. And I thought she lost her mind. Yeah. And I was like, what kind of sense does that make? You know, I have no hands and feet. You're going to throw me in a tube and push me down the river crazy you fall into a lot of those mental traps that kind of that that's kind of how the world is where you know they make you believe that you know disabled you can't do stuff 
and we fall into yeah. it ourselves because we we you know we're we're our harshest critic, and so we we don't know anybody out there like us that are doing these things. And so I'm sure you didn't have an example of someone who had no arm, you know, no hands and no legs, or excuse me, no hands and no feet, and they're in an inner tube, yeah. even though it doesn't mean you can't do it. But in your you you don't have no registry of an example, so it's like you you just say, well, of course I can't do this. This is stupid, but you know, eventually you right. have to snap out of it. The thing was, my family, nobody really saw me as disabled. I was the only one that had that mindset going on. Awesome. And they always believed that I could do anything that I set my mind to. So when she said it, she didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Right. So I agreed to go. I figured she wasn't going to let me die. Well, I'll just go and see what happens of this. And it ended up being not only one of the best days since my illness 11 years ago, but it also became my wake-up call and the pivot point that I needed to get back on track because it proved to me that I was capable. I could do more than I was giving myself credit for. And now I had some ideas because, you know, it was probably three miles floating down the river. It took us about three hours. And we just talked about all kinds of things that, adventures that we could go on and different things that we could do. And so many people had just um, suggested that maybe I write a book or a blog or, you know, whatever. And again, I was like, well, I'm no writer. I don't, I don't know what I would, how would I write about that? It would be like 10 pages long and that would be the end of the book. But we got brainstorming and, realized that, you know what, if I had been feeling this way, there's got to be so many more people out there feeling the exact same way. And so in that seven-year period, I was spending a lot of time in my Bible. I was praying a lot. I was counting my blessings, and I was doing all of these things to set myself up so that when my time came where I was going to figure this out, I was going to be ready to go. And so the day after our tubing trip, I set up my website and started to write my blog, which is called One Exceptional Life. And initially, I wrote about things that I can do as an amputee, which was very limited. You know, this is me trying to cook when I couldn't cook. And this is, you know, right. that kind of thing. And it didn't take me very long to realize I didn't want to write about amputations. I wanted to write about moving past the amputations, getting on with life, and living exceptional life. And so I, I turned that path and that's where I've been heading ever since. Um, I talk about spiritual growth, overcoming challenges, growing your gratitude habit, your joy, your positivity, service, kindness, that kind of thing. And it's just been a life-changing um, job. It's not a job. It's a, it's a calling. Yeah. It's been life because now I get people writing to me. I'm sure you hear from your listeners too, where I love that and you've made such a difference in my life. And that to me makes me just more confident than ever that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. Because you find people like you and you mean you're helping them and by them reaching out to you, that helps you. And 
because you know I've said this on multiple occasions. Having a disability humbles you when you, when you can come to terms with it. It humbles you every day. You can laugh at it and whatever, and you can. A lot of us have dark sense of humors, but you know it, it humbles you because you know, like every day for you is a challenge. No matter no matter all the cool technology and whatever, there's always something that you run into that you go, ah, oh, like even if you even if you can do it. You just know it's it's the hard way of doing it because of how you, how you're doing it. Um, but oh my goodness, I face planted in the garden the other day. I skipped right over and went face first, <laughs> trying to get one of my flower beds, and I got stuck. And so I'm laying in the ground, <laughs> and the only way I can get up is like if I have a tree or something like that that I can pull myself up on, and so I was about, oh, I don't know, 30 feet away from our front porch, and that was where I was headed. I, was, I crawled on my forearms, and I had new shoes on, and I didn't want them dirty, so I was, like, <laughs> crawling on my knees, but keeping my feet off the ground and praying every step of the way that I would not run into a snake because, like, that would have been the death of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't have... I mean, garter snakes would be the death of me. But right, right. it took me to get over to that porch, but I crawled and I crawled and I'm like, wait, Lord, no snakes, no snakes. And I <laughs> finally got there and I pulled myself up and I was like, it sucks being me. But that's just sometimes, you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm in pretty good mood. <laughs> right. And I'm, and I'm sure, though, even after one of those days, or one of those moments even, it, it's probably you recover much quicker than you would years ago when it, you were still new to it because it's depressing when you realize, like, this giant mountain that you have to climb, knowing that, like, it's just easier just not to climb it. But, you know, now the older you get, the more comfortable you and content you become with your disability. Yeah, these days suck. It's like, oh, God, this sucks. But then at some point you can laugh at it, like, oh, I fell in there and I was running from snakes and you can enjoy it and it, it still sucked, but it's, you know, after a few hours or a day or so you're, you're over it. Well, here's the funny part is I try and keep up on my Facebook page, but I, I can write blog posts, but I cannot write social media posts to save my life. And I went outside for them. This, the sole purpose of, I need to clear my head and give myself something to think about and write about on my Facebook page. Uh-huh. And I found it. <laughs> okay. Well, so I came back and I wrote about face planting in the garden. And, you know, it was weird because some of the comments were like, oh, I can't believe you were out there and did that. And I'm like, why wouldn't I be? Yeah. I'm not going to stay in my house and woe is me my whole life away. I need to get out there. Gardening is, after cooking, at least something that I can do. Yeah. A little bit of. At least I can enjoy the the gardens and the flowers and all of that stuff. So, you still have to have some balance, sort of normalcy in your life. Yeah, my balance though on the the grass is just so up and down all over the place, you know. So it and the funny thing is, is every time I go to that one part of my yard, I'm always like, someday I'm going to fall. I know I will because this is not a place where I should be hanging out. Right. But yet. Help and you need to check those flowers. Now, do you, do you, but do that's you, okay. Now, funny story to tell people. 
Yeah, of course. And I, but it, it it's great that you could laugh at it because there's a lot of people that would go, oh my God, that's so sad. But you know how to turn it around into a positive, even if it is a little dark and it's a little sad. But you you can laugh at it. it it's because, again, oh, yeah. again, that's where a lot of beautiful things can come from really dark places. Um, I believe you can't laugh at the things that are sad in our lives, and we'll just be crying all the time, and nobody wants that. No. So do you do you have prosthetic hands and feet? I have prosthetic feet. I don't have hands. I had them in the beginning. I thought it was going to be great. I was going to be all bionic all over the place, but the hands that they made me um, ran off the muscles in my arm. And all they did, though, was, you know, you could open and close these hands, and that's all they did, and that was really useless for anything that I would need them for, not to mention the fact that they were super heavy. So we ended up donating those. I tried the hooks, and we ended up giving those away. And for me right now, all I use is a little strap on my arm that's got a stylus stuck in there, and that's what I use for everything. So that's how you type. And I can do much more without prosthetics on my hands. I couldn't even, like, eat with those on or pick up a cup because they were so heavy that I would just drop and everything all the time. So, yeah, I can I can do so much more now with nothing. Now, you're, now I know. How, are the, how does the feet years. work? The feet are awesome. Um they they run off a a battery and the ankles move around and that enables me to walk on uneven ground and you know like when I go to the mailbox there's a slight incline coming back to the house and I can climb those because of the the way that the feet are set up and I have really cool butterfly tattoos on the sides of my legs <laughs> on the prosthetic. That's cool. Now, um, how far, how far down are the amputation? Like, do you have pretty much most of your leg and arm? Yeah. Um, the legs are about mid calf. Okay. And so when I put the legs on, I put a liner on, it has a pin in it and the pin snaps into the prosthetic to keep it on. Okay. Gotcha. And then my, and since I had everything done at once, everything's even on both sides. So both legs are cut off at the same spot. Both arms are about, um, just above the wrist. So I still have a good amount. Yeah. Now, is that how you pick up a cup? Do you, a cup, do you like put the the limbs together to scoop it up or? Yeah, just imagine using your wrist to pick something up. So you basically cup it with your limbs, your cup up a cup. I use straws. I don't need to, but I tend to knock things over. <laughs> Fair I'm enough. not the kind of clumsy. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, that's why I told uh, Again. I told my grandma. I said I'll never have candles in my house, and she said why? I said because I have two things or three things uh, that are anti-candle. I have a cat. Uh, I have shitty vision, and I'm clumsy. So we're not <laughs> we're not having candles in this house. There you go. <clears throat> um, but yeah, but I, but again, that's 
that's great that you you know you were able to take advantage of the feet, but you still you're still found a way like putting the stylus in there and just being able because again that that's how you type right that's how you type you blog and everything with the stylus. Yes, I tried the voice recording things probably like you did with the called Dragon back in the day, and right. I found myself correct more than if I were just to type it myself. Yeah. No, that yeah, that works. You just have one stylus or do you have two? Um, mainly one, but if I get the laptop out, I will do two. That's and my fantastic. husband teases me if he has something written. He's like, here, you do it because I know you're faster than me. Right. Whether it's a text anything. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a decent typer, but I type with my, like, with one finger each on each hand. I just go do, 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 yeah. do, and I could type pretty fast. Whereas, like, how I was taught in school is to have all five fingers on the keyboard and, you know, in place and just go, but I, I just, I can't do that. Especially because I'm pretty much blind on my left side. So I'm always, like, looking up. But even though they tell you, they teach you to not look down, but I, I can't help myself. It is what it is. Right. I do think the voiceover stuff is better now. Um, but it's still, there is still a lot of words that you can, like, maybe it'll, instead of, like, full, F-U-L-L, it might say fool, like, F-O-O-L. Like, there's some stuff that, like, it also depends on your, your, your accent and all that. And just, sometimes it just, it just wants to be wonky and just get things wrong regardless. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I do know. like one that's in the Google Docs. There's a, a voice typing that Google uses on the laptop when I use the doc, the Google document. That one's fairly decent, but there's a couple of words it just cannot figure out. Right. And I'm sure there's some days where you just kind of want to break, so you're like, all right, well, I'll use it. But uh, Well, and too, when I write, I typically don't know what I'm going to say till I say it. So it's hard to talk it if you don't know what's coming out of your mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why I do these the way I do them. It's like, I like to just get to know somebody, know their story through the podcast and just, I don't like to write anything down. I just like to talk and have a conversation so I can have a real feel for it and not this manufactured, you know, like, you know, I'll feed you questions and, and all that. Like if it works for you, great. But for me, I just like to keep it full on genuine, just let it flow and whatever comes out, comes out. Like I let it be natural. There's too much stuff now on the, on the internet. It's just too fake. And, you know, and of course there's a lot of exploitation and all that, but I just, for, for, for what I do, I like to just talk to you and whatever comes out, comes out. So be it. Right. Um, so, uh, again, what, what are you kind of doing with your life now? In present um, I, I am still running the website. I don't write as much. I'm, pivoting again to offer coaching services to folks who need encouragement in their journey. And that's really exciting. Right. Um, oh, and because you said something in the beginning that we didn't really expound on too much is you, you were saying you were trying to do something to about like empowering women. Yeah. Um, whether it's writing or coaching, my goal is to help them to rediscover the joy and peace that comes from God. And, you know, oftentimes when we go through trials, that faith does waver. And I'm encouraging them in their uh, journey to keep the joy, keep the peace, 
and be able to handle the struggle regardless of what they face in life. I mean, there's always going to be that horrible health diagnosis or, or accidents that happens to people. And, you know, we can't prevent that. But again, it's how we respond. Are we going to curl up in a ball or are we going to just figure out how to move on and do it joyfully and with peace in our hearts? And that's where I come in because that's my calling is to help and encourage and comfort those women. There's a scripture that says, God comforts us in our tribulations so that we can comfort others in theirs. And I believe that's my calling. Yeah. Now, is your target audience, your target, is it like women in general or women who have been through something like you? Not necessarily an amputation, but just a struggle, something that's taken away their faith. Um. Mostly women in general, um, you know, because it doesn't matter. It could be amputations. It could be a job loss. It could be a uh, really anything. We struggle every day of our lives. It's how we handle the struggles that's important. Yeah. No, that works for, for anyone. Um, do you have anything to promote, like a book or, or anything, a website? I do. Um, let me share my website. It's called One Exceptional Life. And it's just oneexceptionallife.com. Now, is it one as um, in the number or spelled out? Oh, spelled out, yeah. O-N-E. Thank you for asking that. Yeah, of course. com. And I, well, I've got a few digital products. They're right there on the shop. And also, if uh, your audience is interested in talking about coaching, there's links on there to get in touch with me. I'm on Facebook. Um I have a free PDF. Also, it's called the five steps to unlocking peace in the storms of life. And that can be on my website too, but the link for that is oneexceptionallife.com forward slash P-E-A-C-E to be able to get a hold of that. It'll be a little while, but when it does come out, I'll make sure I get all the links from you and I'll put them all in the description. That way you, uh, That'd be awesome. that way they can get a hold of them. But yeah, thank you for, for coming on. I appreciate you and, and, and all you're trying to do. And, um, it's, it's, it's good to know, you know, you know, it, it, I just love your positivity and I, I know it probably took you a while to get here, but you got here nonetheless. And that's, it's very infectious because, you know, I go through my battles with my mental health and yeah. <clears throat> when I have really good days, it's, 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 it, you know, it's also good to have people around like you just to know like, okay, you have to deal with this. And, and it's, I mean, I know you should probably never compare yourself to others, but I look at someone like you and it's like, I'm thankful at least I'm like, okay, I have hands, I have feet. Like I don't, I, I still struggle. I still go through something that's rough and you know, not many people can go through it. Like how I battle it, but you know, I have these things and I should be grateful for them because again, when you, when you lose one thing, it does make you grateful for all the other things you do have beyond just your body, just anything. Just, you know, I'm happy that I can, that I live, I have my own place and I can pay my own rent and, you know, things like that. Um, it does. And you know, when another good thing about your forum here is that it exposes 
people to others and their struggles to really drive home the not taking our own blessings for granted yeah. mindset. Right. Um, I, you know, just, I've always been positive, even through my, my pity party. I've always been positive. It's just, you know, some days you just don't know what to do with yourself. And I think that was my biggest stumbling block. Just couldn't figure out what I could spend my days doing. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people just snap that right up in a heartbeat, and other times it takes us a little bit longer. But I think as long as we don't give up in the in the journey, we're ahead of the game. Yeah, that is something I have never really talked about too much, but boredom. Boredom can really lead to a lot of sad and angry days because you just don't have nothing. Yeah. You have nothing to distract yourself with, so you're you're trying to find stuff, but while you're doing that, your mind is just wandering to the worst of places, and you have time, like you now have time to feed its nonsense because it, it's just like, okay, sure, I got nothing to do, so I'll listen to you, inner head. What, what do you have to say today? Oh, I'm, I'm garbage. Thank you. I can't do anything. Thank you. And yeah, you know, I used to yeah. Google questions like what do people with no hands do for a living or what do they do for fun or, you know, those types of things. And let me tell you, Google doesn't have the answer to those questions. Nope. Believe it or not, Google does not know everything. Yeah. It'll probably take you down another like wormhole of sadness <laughs> because it'll give you nothing. It's like, I remember one time when eHarmony was like a big thing and I went on there and I did this whole long little quiz thing to, to try to match me with somebody. And after 20 minutes of doing this thing, it came back and it said, uh, we don't have a match for you. And I felt like crap. I'm like, Jesus, I must be horrible. You know, like it, it, when you, when you come back with nothing and it doesn't make you feel good about, uh, you know, what you typed in, you just like, Jesus. It's like if you like were looking up at something health-wise and you type in WebMD and it comes back up, oh, it's cancer, even if it's not. It's just you have symptoms that are kind of similar because WebMD is just wonderful by doing that. But, um, you know, you feel horrible because you're like, I was I was hoping for a positive, um, you know, comment, but nope, I got this. And, yeah. <laughs> It it does a uh, it, it it sucks, but yeah, boredom is a real problem because and again we all get bored, but when you're dealing with something, if you're not distracted, you're not constantly busy, uh, right? You can really yeah, it can it can backfire on you. But yeah, no, I I've had a really good time here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course, I hope you keep in touch. Uh, I, I enjoy you, and I'll, I will definitely check out your blog and. Um, yeah, any, like anytime you ever need anybody to talk to, please, you can reach out anytime. You bet. Absolutely. And uh, I'll let you know down the road when this comes out, but thank you again for coming on. You're, you're a delight. Thank you very much. It's been an honor. Of course. Thank you. And uh, I'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks. All right. Take care of yourself. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. That was That was sweet. Um, co-host, co-host Valletta, would you like to speak to the audience? Sir? Sir? He's kind of purring, but he won't get near to Mike. Hey, you don't want to help? Yeah. But see, this is the problem that I don't do a visual bullet. 
They can't see how cute and adorable you are. All right. Sorry, guys. He's um not feeling it today. Hey. Oh, he just and he just jumped off the couch. If you heard the little, he jumped off the couch. So I'm about to get a new coast. There's that cat in the alley. Um, he's been meowing a lot, or her. I don't know. She might be. It might be her. I think she's in heat. So I'm. I might. At least she's talkative. Yeah. Crowd needs another voice besides me, bullet. Sorry. Yeah, you can be over there. Whatever. Uh, anyway, I'm just killing time and bullshitting. Uh, but thank you guys for being with us here, me and even though he's not really involved too much, but thank you for being with me and my co-host, Mr. Boletto. Um, and just thank you for listening to another great story and you know, just trying to give you other perspectives. And like I said, in there, if you don't agree with what she says, that's fine. Just know she's doing whatever you're disagreeing with. She's using it to benefit her and it's making her life better and she has a real support system and a family that cares about her and that's all that matters we all should uh strive to have that because i know i do um i may not be anywhere near as religious as her but so there's a lot she has a lot of core values that you just can't buy or you just can't earn overnight you gotta you know you gotta go out and you know some people just don't have it they just they don't will never possess it but you know a lot of it is just time. You want to be a better person? You know, go out and be a better person. I know that sounds easier said than done, but, you know, figure out the things that are negative in your life. Figure out the things that are, are you're not benefiting your life, you know, justly. Um, do your thing. Be happy, guys. Try. Trust me. I try every day. Just because I can be negative, just because I can be sad, that's just the stuff I have to fight every day besides my vision and all the other stuff. I, I try. I struggle. I do. But that's the realist. That's like the, the realistic part of me of, of how I can show you what a person with mental health goes through because it's, it's not easy. It sucks. But there's plenty of good days and there's more good days than bad days. So, um, you know, just work on trying to find a, your happy place and as corny as that sounds and Find places, find things that make you happy, whatever that is. Um, so, I'm gonna go. What am I gonna do? Well, I'm gonna go find something to drink and listen to the Yankees. Hopefully, continue to win, and um, you know, try to find some happy things in my life. Maybe start a new show. I don't know what what's out there, guys. Uh, I'm not even gonna say comment because by then a bunch of other things have come out. So. But yeah, I'll see you guys next week and everybody just uh, hang in there and uh, hopefully the storm will pass. All right, guys, see you later. Mm-hmm.